0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined, as always, by Chris Flum. And we are here today to break down low-key crucial contributors to the new york giants 2022 season if this team is going to be successful so we won't be going over saquon barkley we won't be going over andrew thomas or daniel jones but more of the guys that haven't necessarily been around too long that the giants are going to be putting a lot of weight on their shoulders if this team wants to be successful but first chris how are you doing
2: You know, I am doing well. It is, (laughs) for the first time in a long time, a game week. So getting back into that grind.
1: It's football time, Chris. It's right here, and we're about to just go full speed. I mean, we've already seen like we've been full speed all summer, man, with this new regime in town. And there's a lot of excitement surrounding this team, but there are some holes on this roster right now. The schedule is a lot weaker than it was last season, and I think this Giants football team, can be an improved team from last season, but I just don't know how far that's going to take them in the end game. And we don't know exactly what this long-term plan is with Joe Shane going to Notre Dame, Ohio State, and getting to see some CJ Stroud. I mean, <laughs> we could have a new uh, face in here next year.
2: Yeah, you know, just as an aside for that, I do kind of hope at least one beat writer asks him where he's going every week so we can kind of keep a, you know, like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? but with Joe Shane type thing going
1: on. I'd support that, to be honest with you, man. Ed, do it, my man. Get on to this, though, Chris. So I think we should start with one of the players who he was a day two pick in the 2021 NFL draft, and he's thrusted into a starting position. Last year, he was a slot, and that is, of course, Aaron Robinson. this is a player who had a UCF. He was athletic. He has solid size. He played a lot of apex defender, a lot of overhang, would play in the box, and now he's being asked to play outside on the boundary, opposite of a Dory Jackson. And it seems like so far through preseason, Chris, a lot of opposing offenses are looking at him and saying, OK, that's our guy. And they're just targeting him. If he's playing off leverage, you're just going to hit a quick curl ahead of him. If he's playing up press, they am going to try to win with an outside release up the sideline and then just allow their receiver to make a play on the football. And Aaron Robinson hasn't proven that he can consistently stop that. I still believe there is a player in there. I think It's a technical issue with him. I think he's a little bit undisciplined with his feet and with his hips, and I think he does a pretty poor job locating the football when it's in the air, but I do believe there is a solid enough athlete there who can play on the outside. I just don't know if he's going to be able to put all of this together right now in order to kind of seal up that vulnerability at this moment because teams aren't going to be attacking a Dory Jackson. They're going to be attacking Aaron Robinson, and he has to rise just seize this opportunity and prove that he can be a competent starter here in the nfl
2: yeah and he has kind of we'll say an unconventional route to his starting job yeah the giants drafted him in the third round last year and then he had core muscle surgery basically immediately after being drafted by the giants and that really knocked him out of much of his rookie season so there's a lot of rookie development that he did not get last year then he gets moved from his slot position to the outside Yeah, you know, different responsibilities there are different types of receivers he's facing different types of route concepts you know, it's a different position even though it's still a you know, defensive back corner coverage position it, it's very different from what he was asked to do last year when he was on the field. So in a lot of ways, Robinson is kind of still a rookie. And I think we are going to have some of those rookie hiccups, the rookie rookie roller coaster that we see from a lot of players. And considering how much the giants defense relies on these corners to get the job done out on an island yeah they need Robinson to smooth out those wrinkles sooner rather than later because yeah, you know, we've been saying it all along that the downside of this really aggressive brand of defense that Wink Martindale loves to play is that a blown coverage poor technique anything like that is a big play for the offense we saw The Cincinnati Bengals just shred the Giants defense with back shoulder throws, you know, quick curl routes and the they are going to have to figure out a counter to that and Aaron Robinson is going to be key.
1: It's going to be a big key or as DJ Khaled says, major key or whatever the heck he says that is popular these days. And maybe that's not even these days. That could have been a decade ago for all I know. But Aaron Robinson in the preseason, he allowed only a 50% catch rate, but the catches that he allowed, we remember, right? And then he also took that bad penalty that led to the touchdown that he did surrender against the Patriots. We know he was attacked twice vertically, lost basically both times outside a ball, was underthrown. He was able to get his hands in the way. But if the ball was placed better on that first vertical against the Patriots, probably would have been a completion. And then he lost the very next play on that same exact concept to a different wide receiver. And we also saw him miss that tackle against, I believe it was the New York jets with Michael Carter. And then Trenton Thompson made a really nice open field tackle to kind of stop that from being a really big game. So it just seems like there's a lot of negativity surrounding Aaron Robinson, but if this team wants to be good, In 2022, they need Aaron Robinson to step up. They need him to seize this opportunity, and they need him to just prove that he's not the hole in the defense that a lot of these offensive coordinators are going to attempt to plug him as. That's one of the big things. But from one Robinson to another Robinson, Chris, I think another key contributor to this team's success is going to be Wandale Robinson, the undersized second-round pick, wide receiver, offensive weapon, Out of Kentucky, he was a running back back at Nebraska. He has a unique skill set, but dude, he's very small. And the reason why we have him on this list isn't just because Brian Dable and Joe Shane handpicked him, but it's also because he will more than likely operate out of the slot more than the other ones because that's where his profile fits. I even think more than a Sterling Shepard and a Kadarius Tony. And we've seen over the years, the importance of slot receivers in a Brian Dable offense. And I think if we're going to get the best offense offense from Brian Dable, you're going to need Wandell Robinson to step up and become a more complete wide receiver. You know, he's going to get his little gadget plays. You know, he's going to get his little quick hitters here and there. But if you can get a complete wide receiver from this tough player who has been around all training camp, which is not something you can say about other wide receivers on this roster, then I think you can try to strike lightning in a bottle you can have a rookie impact from Wanda Robinson. And I think this that's what this offense needs to complement Saquon Barkley and all the other skilled players here.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in.
2: yeah, Robinson is probably going to be starting out as the giant slot receiver. I wouldn't be surprised if it takes them a little bit to work Sterling Shepard in as a larger piece of this offense just because the nature of his injury, it can take guys a little while to get back, even when they're healthy and able to play. it takes a it takes a while to get back from a ruptured Achilles. That is just a tough, tough injury. And we know the Giants like Robinson's skill set because they've got like four guys on this offense, just their 53, with basically the same skill set. That's a skill set they want. And I think another reason why the Giants need Robinson to step up and consistently be a professional receiver is I don't know if you can be sure from week to week if Kadarius Tony is going to play And if he starts a game, if he's going to finish that game, he is, he has been very injury prone throughout his career. He, we saw him struggle with injuries all last year. He's already had a couple injuries over the course of training camp and the preseason. He had injuries throughout his career at Florida. So the giants obviously want that very versatile, uh, quick shifty occasionally gadgety run after catch slot receiver skill set and if Canary's Tony cannot be counted on to deliver those kinds of plays on a regular dependable basis then Wondell Robinson has to step up and be that guy otherwise they're not going to have that in their offense and one thing just that I think has gotten maybe a little bit overlooked that I I want to see actually need to see Robinson improve on over the course of his rookie season is just catch security. I noticed on his film in college, he had a little bit of a tendency to double catch the ball. And while he has good concentration to secure it, eventually there is kind of the double catch. He kind of fights the ball a little bit as it comes in. Not all the time, but it does happen. NFL starting DBs, they're going to be coming in hot. So he needs to get a handle on that ball and get it quickly.
1: If we're going to be honest about Wando Robinson's profile as a wide receiver, this is somebody who is hardly five foot eight, sub 180 pounds, and has a historically bad wingspan and arm length for that position. I mean, his arm length isn't even 28 inches we complain about Darnay Holmes's arm length. This is significantly less than that. And he has nine inch hands, which is 20th percentile, but the wingspan and the arm length is zero percentile in the NFL. So that could hinder your ability to secure a lot of these catches over the middle of the field. Cause your catch radius is so limited.
2: Yeah. Especially if your quarterback isn't being perfectly precise, that does happen where wide receiver doesn't run his route perfectly. The, the, defensive player is able to influence the route or the quarterback has to move off of his spot there's pressure coming at him and having a receiver with a less than ideal catch radius that is definitely going to impact the play so it really does come down to Robinson adjusting for that compensating for that and he is just going to step up. There is going to be pressure on him more than I think we might have anticipated when he was drafted.
1: thought initially I was going to go with a Micah McFadden here, but I'm going to pivot on this, Chris, and I'm going to go with Tay Crowder. I think Tay Crowder, he's a player who's been here for about since 2020. Mr. Irrelevant came in. You know what? I would say a pretty solid find for Mr. Irrelevant, but not necessarily somebody you wanted to start at linebacker in his two seasons with Patrick Ramp. And now this is a different system, but man, is he going to have a lot of responsibility on his shoulders as the starting Mike in this system where the Giants just released Blake Martinez. They really want to prove that they can stop the run and then they can also cover. And I think Tay Crowder does have, I think he's an above average athlete. He's not, you know, spectacular as an athlete, but he's an above average athlete. I think they're going to need Tay Crowder to be that leader in the linebacker room with Austin Caletro, Mr. Worldwide, who has been everywhere. As the will, and then Micah McFadden slowly working his way into the lineup now that Darian Beavers is injured. So I look at Tay Crowder and I say, You're somebody who the Giants are going to really rely on. You need to know where your run fit is. You need to not be, you know, you need to not overpursue. You need to be weary of the play action pass. You need to be able to get to your landmarks when they are in zone coverage. And you need to, be much more disciplined or at least more disciplined than he has been over the last two seasons. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Tay Crowder and he has an opportunity of a lifetime ahead of him.
2: Yeah, man, call it an audible here, but I, I agree. I do agree that even more than Mike McFadden, Tay Crowder needs to step up. He struggled last year. There's really no two ways about it. I think it does help that the giants have moved the green dot back to back to Xavier McKinney. So Tay Crowder won't have the defensive signal caller role. So that does kind of, I think, lessen his responsibility a little bit. Hopefully that will allow him to play faster. So he he isn't going to have to do as much in the pre-snap phase of the, of the game. And maybe that will help. But I think he hit the nail perfectly. He has to, he has to honor his run fits. He can't over pursue against play action, because just like with Aaron Robinson, yeah, you know, breakdowns in coverage, even in the short to intermediate of the field, the hook curl area, the places that the off ball linebackers patrol, those can still turn into big plays, or at least be drive extenders for the offense and this defense is going to be aggressive, which means their coverage players, they aren't going to have a whole lot of help. They really cannot afford breakdowns because if there's a breakdown before the pressure is able to get there, you know, that, that pressure is just not effective. And that really is what we saw with the Baltimore Ravens defense last year, where they had injuries across the back seven of their defense and, They just didn't have the personnel to properly execute this scheme, and it just wound up being opportunities for opposing offenses.
1: And I think this next one works in tandem with Tay Crowder, and that's the nose tackle position, Chris. This nose tackle position, and I would imagine Justin Ellis, jelly, he'll get that first crack at this nose tackle position, but I wouldn't be overly shocked if DJ Davidson ends up taking over that role as the season progresses or maybe wink martindale tries to get creative which he's known to do and he puts dexter lawrence there who knows exactly what's going to happen but i do believe the nose tackle position specifically especially in base downs in early downs is very important because you have this inexperienced group at the second level at the linebacker spot with tay crowder with michael mcfadden with austin calatro You need to be able to keep those guys clean, and in order to do that, you can align in tight fronts, man. You can align with the nose directly over top of the center, occupying the A-gap, and then a three-technique to the weak side, or a four-eye, two four-eyes, two three-techniques. You can do it in a variety of different ways to help set up your defense in order to stop interior rushing attacks from teams and spill everything outside. We saw Patrick Ram do this a lot. I think Wick Martindale, he's done it with the Ravens. And I think he could employ it now to help protect those linebackers on early downs, but Wink Martindale, he's constantly tweaking his defenses and employing different packages to combat what the offense is going to do. But I think having a nose who can just anchor down and spill everything around and just take that a gap away can allow that linebacker to really use his vision, keep that linebackers chest clean. And then he can execute the run fit that he needs to in a much more in a much less impeded manner. And I think that's one way that you can get the most out of a group that is somewhat inexperienced. So I think that nose tackle spot, whoever it is, needs to step up.
2: Absolutely. The, it, those A-gap defenders, whoever they're going to be, they have their work cut out for them, I think. Yeah. It, it do, I don't think it takes an offensive genius to look at the Giants linebacker core and say, aha, there is a weakness there. I think it wouldn't be much of a surprise, particularly this first week with the Tennessee Titans, to see teams start to attack the interior of the Giants defense. And that nose tackle position in particular has to stand up. They have to keep the linebackers clean. And also this defense is going to run a ton of sub packages. And I think we will there will be, we will see a lot of downs where there's maybe even only one linebacker on the field. I think that's part of the reason why Blake Martinez is no longer here. He doesn't want to sit on the bench, but this team's going to have play a lot with a lot of defensive backs. So the middle of the giants defense, it might be faster than it was a year or two ago, but it's also going to be a little bit lighter in the pants and those guys are going to struggle if they have to take on offensive linemen. So that means it falls to these defensive linemen to maintain their blocks, occupy these blockers and allow the second level players to flow to the ball. Whether that's on the inside or if they're able to successfully to able to successfully spill them outside like you want to do with a tighter bear front which just as an aside I do kind of love those alignments. <laughs>
1: So do I. And I thought Patrick Graham did a great job employing those alignments. And that's why you needed players like Darnay Holmes. You needed players who were really aggressive as apex defenders and as contained defenders on the outside to come and fill and just make sure tackles and something that we might see again this year. And the next guy we want to go over here, Chris, kind of plays into this because you're 100% right. You're going to see one linebacker on the field in a lot of these packages, maybe sometimes no linebackers, depending on the situation. And you're going to have a lot of three safety looks. And I think Julian Love is very, very important to this team's success. He was named a captain of the special teams, but I think his impact on the defense is also something that can't be understated. This is a player who has done everything he has been asked to do since he came into the nfl in 2019 as a day three pick and i think he's exceeded expectation and i think with him and xavier mckinney roaming the secondary you can do a lot of interchangeable and creative things to maximize your coverage looks on the back end and also help your run fits up front because both of those guys are aggressive and they're physical yes they're undersized because they are safeties but they can execute a lot of different assignments that the defensive coordinator is going to ask for them to do. So I think Julian love is a crucial part of this defense in 2022.
2: Yeah. His versatility came into the NFL as a cornerback was moved into kind of a, a hybrid slot defender role as a rookie has played strong safety, box safety, free safety pseudo linebacker at times. he, He really has done it all, and he's done it all pretty well. There really aren't too many weaknesses in his game, which does give Wink Martindale a lot of freedom for scheming up alignments and also ways to disguise his coverages. So he doesn't have to line up in an obvious press man cover one defense. He can make it look like maybe a quarters defense or a a cover two defense and have love rotate down and maybe play like a robber coverage, things like that. He's also an effective blitzer, which is, as we have been talking about, very, very important for this defense. And just as an aside, he's also in the last year of his rookie contract. He needs to step up for his own financial well-being. And I have to say, I think I like him. That I think he is going to wind up being one of the most important and potentially one of the best players on this defense. So, hopefully, the Giants will have their checkbook ready,
1: right there with you, Chris. And now, the last position that we want to go over is the left guard position. So, the first unofficial depth chart was released by the Giants this morning, and Ben Bredesen was the name plugged into the left guard spot. We're not certain how long Ben Bredesen will start there, but I think whoever that left guard is. After Shane Lemieux comes off the IR, before Shane Lemieux comes back, whether it is Bredesen for three or four games, or Josh Azudu or Max Garcia, I think the Giants need to have competent play from that left guard spot. We've seen offensive lines in the past play adequately, but have one glaring hole. And that glaring hole gets exploited because the rest of the offensive line and the rest of the protection package, including the tight end and the running back when they're involved, must account for the fact that they have a weak link. So whoever's playing that left guard spot needs to step up and they need to be able to be effective as a pass blocker and also powerful enough to move the point of attack and work in unison with their center and their tackle on deuce and ace type of block. So whoever that left guard is, if the Giants want to be good this year, I think they can't be a huge liability on this line that's going to be young with Evan Neal on the right side. And if it is Joshua Zuda, that's two rookies starting on a line, man. That could be a little dicey at times with certain you know teams who like to twist a lot when they bring their pressure. But whoever that left guard is, man, got to step up.
2: Yeah, and I, th- I think that's kind of the perfect way to phrase it because they... The Giants have had a revolving cast at left guard really all summer long. We saw Ben Bredesen start there last year. I don't think either one of us are really excited to see him start there this year. He played reasonably well during the preseason, but we do kind of know who he is as a player. And he's a, I would say, a good backup. He is a guy who. Don't feel bad about if he has to come in for a series or two. But I don't know if you want him to be your every week starter. And he's going to have to really rectify that perception. Now, this is the unofficial depth chart we are looking at. There will, well, there will possibly be changes to it after we get the injury reports and all of that from practice today. And then the final practice, the final injury reports on Friday after that practice. So it isn't a lock right now that Bredesen will be starting. He is coming back from his own injury. He had that uh, elbow. I believe it was injury back during the preseason. We never really found out what was up with Josh Azudu, So, This does definitely bear watching, at least for this first week, especially looking at uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who is emerging as a very good defensive tackle for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, This left guard position, it is important for the, the integrity of the offensive line as a whole, as you were saying. And the Giants also have John Feliciano at center, a guy who hasn't played a whole lot of center and hasn't played a whole lot of center very recently. So the interior of this offensive line, It definitely bears watching over these opening games, especially as the Giants play a bunch of really good defensive lines with disruptive interior defensive linemen.
1: And John Feliciano could easily be on this list. And there's so many other players that we wanted to put on this list as well, because if the Giants are going to be successful, they got to really win, obviously, a lot of football games. And Chris, I don't know about you. That's not something they've done a lot recently.
2: No, not unless we start lumping multiple years together.
1: Thank you, everyone, for joining the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please subscribe like and comment on the podcast that helps us grow it helps the algorithm so we can go up the algorithm a little bit and get a little bit more noticed and please head on over to bigblueview.com we're doing film breakdowns and ed has his boots on the deck out there in east rutherford we're constantly covering the new york giants we'll be here all season so thank you so much nick falato chris flum signing off take care of each other and peace